he's not plugged in. Imagine What's that. up? I might be a little tired. Dude. Hey. Apparently your headphones don't work if they're not plugged in. <laughs> you know we can't even have any type of conversation until you uh, dress, dude. Is that your real mustache? Did you use some kind of supplement? This is organic. The USDA organic, man. It's almost long enough that I can curl it at the ends. You 100% need to do that. It's the only goal I have right now in my life. It's part of the witness relocation program. It's, uh, you know, you're not supposed to talk about those things, but I feel like I have a very trustworthy audience here so I can you know, divulge all the secrets of it. And uh, yeah, I've been in witness relocation now for 34 and a half years. You look like the new age hunter. Well, sometimes. Mid thirties, never hunted ever. um, Dressed in first light, sporting a mustache and you're legit. Like that's, that's exactly where you're at. That I, I could definitely see that, dude, for sure. Yeah. Like living, and you either live in Montana, you live in Bozeman, or you live right. in Nashville. Gilbert. Yeah. And you've never killed anything, but you freaking post a bunch of photos of stuff. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and talk about how great they are to eat. They are delicious. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at Costco, you know, buying frozen fish sticks, but uh, occasionally I do enjoy elk that you've shot, Rob, and then I just, you know, yeah. take a lot of instagram photos of it oh yeah you gotta post it's all about posting if, it, if you don't post it didn't happen didn't hey, happen right rational redneck is back he is back dude thank god god i thought he was dead now he's not modern science is amazing mm-hmm. yep yep so here's to that man this podcast is dedicated to him for sure and uh you know uh, we didn't do an official intro, but we had to just address that mustache real quick. So welcome back to the English Happy Hour podcast, everybody. Um, been a couple weeks since we chatted, so we got a lot to go through. We're sitting here in uh, the Phoenix area after a record uh, rainfall day yesterday. It was actually the for December 3rd. It was the highest rainfall total that's ever fallen on that day. Call um, it what it is. It was a torrential downpour. We had points all day long of an inch. Well, you know, we didn't have torrential. I know Nick's being sarcastic, but you don't get, you know, a rain system that sits over uh, Phoenix like this very often. So, yeah, it's been raining for 24 hours. So pretty, pretty neat. Um, It I almost took Parker and my parents fishing yesterday and uh, we can't. My dad called the night before and said, hey, it's going to rain tomorrow. I don't think we should we should look at the weather. We might not want to go. And I was like, oh, you know. BS like it's not I'm I, I didn't even see this coming let's uh let's still plan on going and uh gosh after looking at the forecast we changed our mind and thank goodness it would have sucked out there with a with a four-year-old in that weather you can <laughs> you can credit Boyd and I to this rainstorm okay because <laughs> so, on Friday we went and set up a ground blind uh on a uh, water source for deer season that opens on Friday. So this next Friday. So as soon as you do that, it's going to rain for days on end. And that water source is going to be pointless to hunt. So <laughs> That's funny. There's just water everywhere, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dang, man. Well, I blame you then because yesterday I had grand plans of buying a 40-year-old Buick Riviera convertible that had no top. And as I was um, heading out the door to a... I'm back in work mode. And so I had an appointment in uh, West Phoenix 
it uh, was on the same intersection of this Buick with no top. And I thought about bringing my hundred mile an hour gear. Cause I figured 45 <laughs> minutes on the freeway at 65 miles an hour in a downpour with no top would be like riding in a bass boat 50 minutes from, it was like, how cool would that be? Like, that's one of those stories that like would sound really cool in your eulogy. But, uh, I went out. I'm, I'm not, don't let this mustache fool you. I'm not as tough as I look. <laughs> Little so are you still going to get it or did that, was that your sign to, to not waste your time on this endeavor? Yeah, you know, that's a good, that's a, that's a good question. You know, does God really care about Nick McMurray? And he probably doesn't, but my uh, ADD has already caused me to maybe look elsewhere, but it has, you know, all the potential of joining my sick herd of things that never get any attention. <laughs> kind of like my boat, honestly, you know, I could just park it right in front of that. Cause you know, God knows it's only like full of three feet of water now. And who knows when we'll get to that. The good news is you missed all the good fishing and now we're correct into the brutal heart of the winter. Um, and what's kind of tougher than normal winter. So which suits me well, because I like to fish when it's bad so that you catch nothing. And everyone else is like, yeah, it's tough out there. When you suck and you go in April and catch nothing, then you're like, uh, well, you know, it's harder to come up with excuses. So I do like to fish in the wintertime for that reason. Yeah. Those are my three trips a year. There you go. That's perfect. Got a good excuse, man. <laughs> well, uh, that's cool. Anything else going on your way before we swing it over to Rob? Uh, well, you know, I, I made a little note in my phone because we've only, you know, we've never talked anymore. So it'd been a month. So I was trying to tally up all the exciting things and you guys cut right to the chase. I mean, I grew a mustache. That's top three achievements in my life now. You know, it's it's the best I've seen. You have for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. And the lady who cut my hair, uh, who, you know, she's maybe like two and a half times my age, told me I grow a great mustache. So um, I made things awkward as I normally do. And I said, well, yeah, now that I sit in a van inside of a school zone, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for something to happen because and then she didn't know what to say. So <laughs> made that awkward. But I thought it was funny. <laughs> Jeez, dude. So I'm going to re uh, resort to my note because I wanted to talk about all the amazing things. I think honestly, over the last month, um, two amazing things stand out. It's been almost a month, hasn't it? Maybe three weeks. Well, I don't know. Now you're making me feel bad, but yeah, look, just going off the mustache. Yeah, probably. <laughs> this is three years. Um, I got a tow hitch installed on my, uh, uh, minivan and I just can't wait for photo ops <laughs> with this thing. Like it's going to be so I, I did it for a reason so that I can actually like pull a little trailer because it would be nice. But I want to when I picked it up, I went to this welding store in downtown Mesa and it's an awesome place. It's the kind of place that I could hang out. They uh they had three good size, probably seven or eight pound largemouth skin mounts on nice. the wall. And so instantly, you know, I was like, OK, like, where are those from? And take a guess. Where do you think they're from? Saguaro. Uh, Josh, what's your guess? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely Saguaro. I'm going to say, yep. okay, I'll say, uh, well, I mean, dude, there's only so many options here. I'm going to say Canyon. Planet Earth is pretty huge, and you both went local like I did. Mexico. So the owner uh, of Cliff's Welding is, uh, is a brave soul. So I knew right at instantly I was at home. And so I dropped my van off, and I asked him if I could get a fifth wheel hitch installed. I was like, I'm going to put the lift gate up, and then I'll back underneath my horse trailer, <laughs> and then I'll drop it down. <laughs> dude, it was so great because, like, the employees at Cliff's Welding are, you know, respectable, intelligent human beings and had no idea the shenanigans that I was capable of and, and not even a smirk, bro. Not even nothing. They just looked at me and then I looked at them and there was an awkward pause. 
so I would say that that's probably the most exciting thing that's happened in, in the time that we've talked. And then the second most exciting thing, and I left you guys all on a cliffhanger last time, was we were going into the second round of the playoffs in the town of Gilbert Men's Rec League that's basketball. Right. And uh, didn't disappoint, man. We had the attorneys in the semifinals and those damn accident law group attorneys who had beat us by like 35 the first showing weren't going to get us twice. And so we, you know, we we prepped hard all week. A few of us even shot hoops prior to the game once. So we were we were coming in fresh Had practice, big practice. I'm talking 25 minutes. And, uh, you know, we, we got into the game. It was just cold. First first five minutes of the game. We're down 12 to zero. And it's not looking good. Morale was slacking. Um, attorneys were laughing. It wasn't good. My family was there. I, I had a lot on the line. And uh, fortunately, in the second half, we managed to really turn things around. Not only did we close almost a 15-point deficit, we swung the pendulum in the opposite direction and was up 12 or 14 with two minutes to go. And you could taste victory. It was it was so sweet. The attorneys were grumbling amongst themselves. They were starting to get frustrated. They were missing layups. It was amazing. We were playing mind games. We were We were just firing on all cylinders. But then we had a catastrophic meltdown and wound up giving up all of our lead and tying at the end of regulation. Shut up. Now, who ties a men's rec league basketball in the championship game It's semifinals? I should say championship because okay. no one's going to fact check this. So it'd make it more exciting. But this was the semis, which I will add means that if you win the semis, you turn around and you play the finals right there. So what almost 40-year-old person has enough cardio to play full court five-on-five basketball for 40 minutes, turn around and do it again? Obviously, the final game was going to just be like 16 to 14 with people laying in the fetal hmm. position with cramps. So we end regulation tied and completely just the wins out of our sails. We went on to lose in four overtimes. Four overtimes. We got to the point where it was like the the rules are apparently that after the fourth overtime, you shoot free throws. It's like penalty kicks. And Did soccer. anyone score a point in the overtimes? Yeah. Yeah. It's like back and forth, back and forth. I know. Four overtimes. Amazing. That's and crazy, we, dude. What a game. to those mother effers. Unbelievable. So that was that was heartbreaking. Honestly, you're so physically exhausted. You know, Boyd being a premier athlete understands the toil that we went through you know it, it, where we were playing was a little bit higher level than where he's been but he could he could envision you know the just the utter you know just ah man what a, what a play of your emotions to go down 12 zero points with the first five minutes of the game to come all the way back have them talking trash amongst themselves oh, and you no, know like dude. hands in the air when someone would miss a shot and that's the best dude when you've like psychologically broken your opponent you just want to like live in that moment forever it's probably like josh when you drive by someone on like day three of a tournament you know i like knockout round and you're driving by them and you're just like looking at them you know and you know you're in their mind that's how it felt and then to lose in the fourth overtime we it just that's it crazy took weeks man. to recover weeks to recover and then they went on to getting so then the team that they played they beat by like 160 in the final so we would have just like Oh, back trotted wow. into the T-shirt that says winner for the town of Gilbert Basketball League. So it was tough. Thought about deleting my social medias and everything for a while and just, you know, going off the grid. But I, I held strong. I didn't do it. Dang, man. Yeah, it, uh, it sounds like 
they needed there were a lot of ivs that needed to go around after that one that is crazy dude i mean pretty fun and you got to be looking forward to doing it again next year right Oh, can't wait, man. It starts up in January. We chose a different league and we're very worried because uh, we'd, we'd seen what the town of Gilbert, you know, competition in the D league looks like. And so we decided to up our game. It's over by you, Josh. Have you guys ever seen legacy uh, sports park? That oh, yeah. giant globo yeah. thing looks place unbelievable. Is incredible. Yes. Somewhere deserving of our talent. You know, like we just, we need to take our talents <laughs> elsewhere. And uh, so I signed us up and, got pretty worried because there's only three options 40 and plus which we don't qualify for yet soon a or b so i signed us up for b and one of the guys in the league said the last time they played in the b league they were playing against terrell suggs and Vontae's perfect so i have a feeling that the b league at legacy sports might actually comprise of like washed up nfl players to whom we'll probably lose by 80 points every game but I can't imagine trash talking to an all pro linebacker. That will be fun. So, <laughs> They'd love it. I'm come. sure, dude. They, I hope they, you get to play those guys. They're not even ready for me with a mustache and a headband on teal with white pinstripes. It's over, man. They're, I'm already in their mind. They don't even know. I love it. That's cool, dude. That That's a lot of fun. And what a great way to get a workout. I, uh, dude, I, I've actually been, and it's not going to happen. Um, but I checked out some like uh, I looked into playing some roller hockey, dude, because oh. I just it would be so much fun. It would be so much dude. fun. It's hard. There's a, there's a league over in that Barney Sports Complex, but I, I don't think it roller hockey going to work out. Oh, on could you imagine how much fun that would be, dude? You'd have to get like the most outrageous roller skates ever. Well, yeah, it's like I, you know, yeah, you need some legit roller blades. It's no, you know, but they got ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of these years, I'm going to do it again, man. I I got all fired up after watching a, a hockey game last week. But let's just swing it over to Rob. What's up with you, dude? Dude, I got nothing. I don't have notes. I have no need to play roller hockey. Nothing. So. <laughs> Rob, don't feel bad. At some point, this will transition to something that requires intelligence to talk about. And that's where I'll mute myself, then take a nap, and then you can speak intelligently. So All yeah, of my think- fishing questions, I just have Rob in parentheses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You, Rob. <laughs> this is the end of uh, Nick's part. Why am I even still here? I don't even so know. We have to talk about the text that Josh sent out. He goes, we don't need a guest. I got plenty of topics. So let's just get to Josh's topics. Like, Rob, you killed uh, something, though. Clearly, you removed life from some organism on Earth since nope. I saw you last. Nope. You attempted to remove life from nope. something. You caught a catfish on a cat ma- cast master. Something. Nope. Nothing. Wow. You had a good Jeez. guy trip with Andy, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was a lot of fun. Um, but we'll we'll go back and talk about that a little bit, but what's funny is I went up and I know it sounds really silly, but I actually pre-fish sometimes for guide trips because I'm worried that we're not going to catch them. That's how you get those five-star reviews on Google, baby. Yeah. You just like, it's probably not financially smart on my part to do that, but it, uh, makes me feel better about what I'm doing. And, I go to Roosevelt because I hadn't been there and it'd been a couple of weeks probably. And uh, like I fished hard all day long and caught five fish. And I tried to call Josh. Thank God he didn't answer the phone because he'd have got an earful how like devastated I was. I ended up talking to him a couple of days later. But... How many Tony burritos did it take to recover emotionally? Well, I ate them on the way up and that may be the Ooh. problem. Who knows? <laughs> no, dude, def- definitely not. Just clear that up. Yeah, 
I'm just so ruined. Like this winter fishing here is tough, right? Like, and I just think about like it, at least in Minnesota, there's ice over them and you don't have to mess with them. Like True. here, here we're just taunted because the weather's beautiful and you get out there and fishing's just not great at all. And I hate to complain, you know, but that's just the reality of it. Um, we have special days in the winter. Like you'll have days that are just phenomenal, but it's very unpredictable. Um, and so, you know, obviously if you're fishing tournaments, it's more on you, but it's still, you know, a little pit in your stomach, but when you're guiding, it really is like, you're, Mm -hmm. you just want folks to catch fish. Right. So anyhow, I was, um, I talked to Josh a couple of days later and, and it's really funny how he brought to perspective, the highs and lows of fishing. And it made me think a little bit, you know, and he's like, remember how high you were after like fishing up at Roosevelt during the head to head tournament, how excited you were. And, and he reminded me of that. And I think a lot of bass fishermen need to be reminded of, of like why we do it. We do it for those few highs that you get from it. Um, and you trudge through the lows, right? That's a good way to put it. And so anyhow, we ended up doing the trip. Uh, Andy, he's a, one of our listeners, just an absolute great guy. Awesome guy. Yeah. He came up to our meetup and, um, like the stuff that he and I have in common, it's just amazing. And we, um, we go out fishing fishing. wasn't great. Uh, we ended up catching, I think a dozen fish throughout the day. And, um, but for some reason I was just calm, you know, and he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. I just want to go fishing and have fun. And, and, you know, learn this and that. And not that I taught him a ton. Um, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you just have to, you catch more fish when you're in it, your mind is relaxed a little bit, you know, and for some reason it was, I was able to do that and we went out and had a good time. So that's but, good. Yeah. I'm so I disheartened know. to hear that there's not a basketball court size spot on Roosevelt where you can catch 400 fish in an hour. I thought that's what December Dude, what's, was all Which about. there was last year. And that's, I think that's we need to saying. talk about that. Well, right. And like, what's frustrating too, is like, there was a month ago, like, right. The first day I go up there after, you know, uh, tournament season, my first guide trip, we catch 70 bass spooning. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I hadn't been on the lake at all. The first three places I go look for spoonfish, we just slaughter them on all three. And I'm like, oh, this uh, so winter is going to be awesome. And, and I, uh, I have a funny story that um, I don't think I, it was before the last podcast we did. And I didn't talk about it just because it was, um, but I found a bunch of fish on my graph. Right. And I talked to Josh on my way home and I'm like, dude, they just went bite. He goes, they weren't bass. I'm pretty sure they weren't bass. Yeah. If they won't bite, they're not bass. Right. And then I don't know if I could say it like this or not, but Josh, the next day goes up there and calls me and kind of apologizes, but he didn't have to, but he's like, dude, dude, I I found a bunch of schools and they wouldn't bite and they were bass. (laughs) So it was just funny. And, but you know, obviously I question myself with the new electronics. Josh is pretty versed with them and, and understands what he's looking at more than I do. Um, and, you know, obviously when it works, I know it works. Right. But when it doesn't, and they're not biting you, I mean, you're like, I don't know what to say, you know? So, and during the head to head, like Josh said, I mean, that I had an area where you could literally catch a fish on every cast. I mean, it was like, you just, they were just there and, I don't know where they go, what they do, but they literally vanish. Um, the Monday I was up there by myself, I saw one school of fish on my electronics that I felt were bass. 
um, the day with Andy, we spent a couple hours uh, graphing and never saw a school of fish. Um, we saw a few on the live scope that we caught, you know, in the area, um, but not the big schools that we were catching. So it's funny how the expectations, and we're going to talk a little more about winter fishing, but like the the expectations for me, anyways, especially going up to that lake, even up to last week, you know. I'd be talking about it with whoever the client I was going to take out or whatever. And uh, it was like, all right, well, we're going to be really swing, be swinging for it today. We're going to probably spend a lot of time looking for the fish, but when we can hit a school, we can catch a ton of fish. Right. So we just have to be patient and go through the downtimes because we hit the right place. We can have an epic day. And now just having watched that bite uh, change so much over the last week and, and almost go into the straight midwinter bite, um, it's like, well, now it's more of a, an approach where it's a slow and steady approach. We're not so much looking for that mega school where we can catch 20 or 30 fish off one spot, but it's like, let's catch them one at a time. At the end of the day, we'll have 12 or 15, but it's just a little bit more work. It is. And it isn't. I mean, it's a lot of work finding them on the electronics idling around, especially it works on your mind when you're not fishing yeah. and you're just idling, you know? Oh yeah. But it really works on your mind when you never find them. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. It's, and usually by the end of the day, even when you got clients that might be questioning you, all you have to do is hit them once and yep. you're like, all right, Boom. dude, see. And they're like, whoa, yep. you know, you were right. But uh, yeah, there was actually one trip last week where we idled a lot and we never ran into them. And thankfully, the crankbait bite was good enough. It saved, saved my butt, but uh, we never hit that school. So I basically never got to show these guys what I was talking about. And, uh, they may never try to idle and throw a spoon again. Yeah. And what's <laughs> funny is ruined. it's, it's probably not like a tournament tactic just cause you don't generally catch giant fish doing it. But <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah. It's definitely just, it's just a kind of a fun deal and a guide deal for us. Right. Because yep. it's, it's, um, when it's good, it's good. Like really good, but that's and, it. And the best part of the spoon bite to me is the random 40 pound flathead catfish that you get to catch on eight pound floor right. that's always like the the guide special dude well you guys need to when we get off this podcast and the listeners give me too late for the listeners you'll have to watch a rerun but i fished with johnny johnson and we filmed an episode last week and it was like the last good day of spooning we had but uh it's gonna it's gonna play this morning at nine eight or nice. nine on uh valley sport so it'll be right after we're done here uh, nice. but i caught one of those fish dude i caught a uh, flathead yeah we ended the day with a flathead and johnny is literally uh you know he's such a comedian it was taking so long to get into the boat he was like laying on the front deck pretending to take a nap and stuff as i'm reeling <laughs> this thing <laughs> he's playing it up big time but the other crazy thing and i told rob this was we caught the same bass at the same time that's, that's how you catch incredible. 30 on one spot i got it now so you just have it all like pre-arranged mm -hmm. dude gotcha. we both set the hook we're spooning and we set the hook at the same time, and it's so common. It's more common to get a double than not when they're really biting, right? Like, you get doubles nonstop when they're going nuts. So, like, dude, we're just thinking we got another double. We're reeling this, these fish in, and as it gets close to the boat, our lines are, like, coming towards each other. And I made a, just a sarcastic <laughs> comment. I said, dude, we got the same fish. <laughs> and then, dude, sure enough, we got the same fish. Got both of our spoons in his mouth, man. That's so, incredible. Hey never happened i don't know if it was like a weird deal where one of them somehow magically got the line wrapped around and snagged in his mouth but the lines weren't twisted they were totally 
apart. And uh, <laughs> it's like the both the spoons were falling right next to each other at the same time. And that fish just went open his mouth. Ate both of them, dude. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, it, it was it was pretty, pretty hilarious. I've never done that before. I've have you guys ever heard of that or done it? I've heard of guys have in a boat each um, on a plastic worm. You know, they, <laughs> that's so crazy, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, think about it. If you have a guy that's really not paying attention and a fish picks up his <laughs> yeah, bait that's what it takes, and he comes yeah. over and picks up his buddy's bait, right? Like it's just, you got Mike knows? Bertrand opening the bale and feeding line to make sure he gets <laughs> it real good. Right. Move, yeah. right. <laughs> Swimming under the boat back over there. Hey, what's yeah, you got to let him take it, bro. But hey, the spoon, too soon. the spoon will probably never happen again. The timing had to be just precise. That's to have the camera rolling too is like gonna be yeah. hilarious i can't wait yep. to watch it and uh and and it was like uh i told uh or asked the cameraman i was like you're gonna have to slow that down and in instant replay and see who set the hook first right because yep. that who gets the point exactly people are gonna think it's staged is what they're gonna do this like, guy does right here i don't know how you can <laughs> how can you i mean dude if you show the cast to catch like there's just no I way agree. Nah, dude i agree it's, yeah scuba divers bro it's simple you got a little like cage of fish down there right tug twice when it's time to reel in nah it's all staged i hope johnny set the hook and josh <laughs> is just like do to do he's got his bail open it's in his right. bloodline <laughs> yep. feeding him a spoon yeah. yeah picking a backlash out uh -huh. <laughs> dude uh Speaking of staged, and I might have brought this up on the podcast before, but have you guys ever seen that video of the dude that act, that pretends like he's catching five big smallies on an A-rig at once? No. <laughs> no. There's a video. There's a video out there of a guy. What's hilarious is it's on a GoPro. And, and the shame is this is like a popular YouTuber, which. That's why he's popular. Whatever. He creates he, good content. Exactly. He he's recording on a GoPro. So clearly he has footage of the entire cast, <laughs> but he, his clip that he posts is just of him at the last second going, Oh my God, there's five. And then he swings it into the boat. Well, did he had five smallmouth on one. Catches, <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a 15 pound limit of smallmouth on one cast. And, uh, he expects people to believe it. Right. And, uh, obviously all the comments are just, trashing him but but there's a few that Poor are like guy. oh my god that's so cool i love it dude i can't believe you did that anyway, cast then, of a lifetime yep Sometimes it doesn't matter it's... if it's staged or not we're talking about it right now See? yeah well that... i can't remember the guy's name dude perfect good yeah <laughs> um what else what else what else dude, the um, best thing ever is when you know that there's just like a train wreck like i see it all the time the you can't get to the comments fast enough right yeah. like that's the best part and then you wonder like whatever your initial thought was because i'm not really a commentor but i'm certainly like a reader of comments and i can't wait like you always say like, okay who thought what i thought as fast and it's like i've always feel kind of disappointed if i'm like bottom half or bottom third before so it's like oh man like i'm just I don't have my finger on the pulse of the general public anymore on how to talk smack about people. But then you feel really good when yours is like the second or third card. I know exactly oh, I what you're, to, what you're talking about, guy. though, dude. I, I've done the same thing for sure. Uh, That's pretty good, good. How about the guy getting hooked? Ah. <laughs> Rob, did you see that? No. Now, Sean had sent it to me, so I thought maybe he sent it. I, I got to send this thing to you. This, this surfer is surfing um, in Newport Beach. and <laughs> uh, and this dude fishing on a pier hooks him in the hand 
No. And he's reeling him in, dude. He's no. reeling him in like a fish. <laughs> and the guy's yelling, and the surfer doesn't fish. He goes, he's yelling, let the string out. Let the string out. <laughs> but he's really saying, hey, you mother effer. Let oh, the he's str- he's, oh, he's just. Oh, yeah, dude. Mind. He's letting him have it. And the guy, this older dude. The guy's got like a smirk on his face and he's reeling him <laughs> no. in, dude. He's got his rod doubled over. I think, again, it's kind of like the, do they really know? I think that guy totally knows. He's probably tired of, because the guy who's hooked is probably worth seven to 15 billion, right? He probably manages some trust fund and he has like a self-help podcast. And you know what I mean? He's out there surfing, telling people how to live their life. And so the guy fishing is probably just like, yes. He's up there fishing so for good. food, you know? And <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, he... He finally breaks the line, and the guy's just still laying down in the water, just giving it to Yelling. him. And everyone's around is just looking, and the and the guy has the craziest little smirk on his face. He's got him. Oh my gosh, dude! I'll send it to you. It's it's is it's it, pretty unbelievable. Are you Unless sure it's not like staged? Oh, it's very raw motion. If it's staged, okay. that guy gets an Emmy. Yeah, they're good they actors. I don't know. Just okay. Send it to well, me. The guy just busted. Like, dude, the guy's. You know how people film stuff when something happens. So you get a guy True. in the water yelling at the yelling hooked, and the other guy just someone just busts out their phone and starts filming. You know, wow, it's a viral it clip page right now. Yeah, it's I'm sure whoever. I mean, that clip was worth some money. He probably sold it to this <laughs> this uh, you know uh, social media page or whatever that that shared it out and got a million views. But what a great world we live in. The only other thing that I want to talk about before we get into the fishing too much is uh, we had gone to the Las Vegas Golden Knights game, Chantel and I, last week. It was kind of like a late birthday deal for both of us. Uh, They're the hockey team out of Vegas. The Coyotes, their arena situation is uh, a little bit funky this this year, so we figured we'd go there for a change. We heard it was a pretty cool atmosphere to go to a game, and it was. Like, the uh, theatrics of, uh, of, of what they do before and during the game unlike any other hockey game we've ever been to it was it was pretty neat but uh the the probably the best part of it was was the folks sitting behind us so Chantel gets irritated at some people for doing certain things sometimes you know just her her fuse is short at times on certain things and she doesn't like to be like bothered like she doesn't like to be annoyed by stuff and so of course like that I'll intentionally annoy her a lot for that reason, but there was, you know, behind us, there was a family that were, they were clearly season ticket holders and the lady, the lady sitting behind us doesn't know anything about hockey. You could tell they just go to the games, you know, and, uh, but she doesn't know. And just by the way she's sharing and stuff, she doesn't know anything about hockey, which is cool and props to her for getting into the game. But dude, the way she would cheer she wouldn't say anything when the puck was outside of the golden Knights zone. But as soon as the puck got into their zone and they were having to fend against a goal, she would just start. Um, and she had like a, honestly a pretty annoying voice and she would, uh, she would just yell come on, guys, come on, boys, come on, boys, get it out, boys. Come on, boys. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get it out, boys. And like, no matter who had the puck, what, no matter, no matter what was happening, like even if the team was like visibly just regrouping, had totally control, <laughs> total control what was going on. Come on, boys, get it out, clear it out. And <laughs> dude, it never stopped. It never stopped. So at first I was like, whoa, you know, this is, and, and it was irritating Chantel. 
and I knew how much it was irritating her. So every time you started yelling, get it out, boys, into the zone, this lady would start talk, start screaming. I would just start belly laughing. And uh, <laughs> dude, my whole body was like shaking and, and I'm right in front of him. I wasn't like turning around laughing at the lady, but the guy like was like, honey, honey, be quiet, be quiet, honey. <laughs> Honey, stop, stop. And I would just, and she, she'd be like, what? They need to get it out. It was just, it was too much, dude. Have you guys ever sat to a sports event around? I mean, that's one of the best things about going to a game is some of the people that you sit around. Do yeah. I've been a memorable to, one. I've been to a few hockey games, not a lot, but the few I've been to, there's just epic trash talk usually from the crowd, but that's they, they get, how about dude? And I know you sat through a lot of baseball dude where yeah. you know, what's going And I know you've mentioned a couple of times, like, like you're around people that don't know that, Hey, your son is the one pitching dude. Right. And uh, probably <laughs> saying stuff and you're just having to bite your tongue. Well, no, I didn't bite my tongue. Rob took problem. his shirt off and started fighting. Yeah. I actually, um, my son started a game at ASU and he was, he was doing all right. He was struggling a little bit, whatever, uh, early in the game. And the guy, the I literally on the other side of the aisle started like talking trash. And dude, I freaking ripped into him. What do you say? I, I should not have. I did. Uh, and I I ended the conversation as what year did you play here? That's the best. <laughs> yeah. And he stopped That's talking. That's the best. But, yeah. Did, did he just, ever know that that was your son or were you just? Yeah, guys around him were telling him. Oh, okay. And, not that that matters. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of cheesy on my part. I just that, find out how line. much of a backbone they have, right? Because like, if you're gonna talk smack, and then like a relative and a father of that person, then it's like, yeah. I mean, are they ready? My I... my skin should have been a little thicker, but it. But, I mean, it is what it is. So it what just... year did you play here, dude? That's that's a great one. Solid burn. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't say another word after that. So. <laughs> I. Oh man. So my good friend, Andrew, uh, is a son's season ticket holder and he's kind enough that he's let me go to like a bunch of games. And so my absolute favorite player on the Phoenix Suns is our backup center, Bismack Biombo. And like, dude, he's from the Congo in Africa. And he's just like, who couldn't love this man, but he's not very coordinated. I'm so confused. We Wikipedia him and he was a seventh round pick like 11 years ago. So how he's still in the league after 11 years is amazing but like my favorite thing to be is that lady that irritated you and your wife josh because i just <laughs> i start yelling things On like purpose. i love dude i love biombo like as soon as he comes That's in crazy. i lose my mind yeah, so we were dude. we were at the lakers game a couple weeks ago and uh arizona versus anything california just it's like a drunken riot so you know it's gonna be fun and i'm not even drunk that's the best part and so Biombo comes in, man, and he's he's a little shaky tonight. Like Biombo, maybe like who knows, like some bad curry the night before. Who knows? And so he's he's even a little shakier than normal. And uh, I, every time Biombo gets the ball, I'm just going nuts. Like, come on, Biombo, you got this. Come on. And like on, you know, like they'll feed it to him. And I, I've seen him miss dunks. Like it's poor guy. It's bad. <laughs> So the best thing is, is when you can get like the fellow Suns fans around you to start cheering for Biombo. And this night I had like three or four random strangers with me, just like cheering nice. for Biombo. So <laughs> Biombo gets fed the rock and he's like at the free throw line. And all of a sudden, like Moses, the lanes just open up. All the defense goes the other way for some reason. And dude, he's got to dribble once and just like posterize slam. 
<laughs> dude, he doesn't dribble. He just runs to the hoop and dunks, and clearly it's a travel. <laughs> so they, they and he call called for a travel. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And everyone just, oh, come on. <laughs> it's okay, Biombo. It's okay. Get back on. Because, like, we're real supportive, right? Because we're the home fan. Dude, like, three three sequences later, it comes down and Biombo gets fouled. So he's got two free throws. And we're all losing our mind. We're like, come on, Biombo. Air balls them both. <laughs> What's he doing best? on this team, dude? I don't know. And the Suns have the best record in the NBA. Or they did a couple days ago. I don't know if they still do. So it's like, how? I think I'm ready to play center at this point. I mean, That's shoot, hilarious. dude. I had like eight points in the semifinals. I think I can go out there and dribble. Especially as a center in the NBA. It'd be great. Absolutely, man. I can own the paint. But it's great, dude. When Biombo comes in number 18, the the goal, and maybe that lady, you know, like you got to think that that lady's just playing everyone else. She's trying to get everyone else fired up to, you know, to protect the zone. You got to get it out of there, right? Highly so, unlikely. Uh, Rob, Highly unlikely. Your cynicism is too deep, my friend. Yeah. You got to believe. Gosh, yeah. That's part of what makes it fun, though, is getting into the <laughs> games like that and uh, start high fiving random strangers rooting for the backup center. That's how did that deal end, fun. Josh? Or did it not? She just ever shut up, <laughs> dude. The Golden Knights <laughs> got asleep. slaughtered and they left early. Thank God. Oh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like five. And, and you know, that's the one thing is like, a, you know, you'd like to have a vested interest in a team. It's fun to watch a good, uh, a good game. But I was like, man, I really should have really waited till they played the coyotes or something so i could actually root for uh 14 i had trouble yeah. rooting for i was like i told myself when i when we went i'm like we'll root for the knights tonight right. but i just couldn't <laughs> i just couldn't root for them you know i couldn't get into it i didn't like you know i i, I don't like them so <laughs> anyways uh it was it was definitely uh it was fun but that lady was was pretty funny man i feel bad imagine buying season tickets and then those are the people with season tickets next to you be terrible you got to befriend them terrible. somehow and then like turn it on them that yeah. would be my strategy uh yeah dude yeah i mean that's your only chance right but yeah pretty pretty fun um one other thing and i know nick saw this but did you see that rapper ASAP Rocky wearing the Ishmon Road jersey, Rob? This has been no. around. Do you know who that is? No. no I've I heard that, that on his know who it is. You knew him, Nick, right? Yeah, I, I keep my finger on the pulse. Okay. Yeah, we're just completely out of it. And I'm sure a lot of listeners won't, if you will. But uh, this guy, apparently Grammy nominated last year, has got like 15 million followers on Instagram, just some young rapper. And uh, he's got a picture of him just like doing something, laying down, <laughs> playing dead or something. Looking to the right. Yeah, yeah. We're in an Ish Monroe Major League Fishing jersey. So I, thought I think it's because he's going to fish the Opens as a non-boater next year. <laughs> Absolutely what it is. That guy can back a truck down. He's from Harlem, you know, so clearly <laughs> yep, he can back he a is. trailer down. He yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of experience on the, bo- on the boat for sure. But uh I was yeah, I was gonna ask if that's what you listen to on the way to the lake, Rob, but not I do actually, yes. Yes, that's exactly what just a couple of his songs. I get so confused how someone has 15 million followers or whatever, I guess followers in this case. And then like I love like the trying to take a picture where it looks like you're natural, but you're clearly posing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you just gotta look it up, dude. It's in it's in anything bass fishing right now. And he's just like looking to the right. It's like clearly this is like Okay, dude, I'm gonna take the photo in three, two, one. Okay, and then he looks to the right, and 15 yeah. million people look at that. It's so confusing. Well, the beauty of it is, Ish was able to sell four Daiwa reels because of that. <laughs> hey, we'll take an it. hour that day. <laughs> Any bass fisherman will take that. 
Um, dude, yeah. Uh, how about the ones where the where I know you've seen them where where guys act like they're sleeping. Yeah. They get a picture of themselves sleeping. It's a very you've natural pose. It. You've oh, seen yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not, good stuff. But not the yeah, folks what... I follow. <laughs> I don't Rob have follows the guys with Instagram mustaches feed. that don't kill things. That's right. if we we now know Rob's feed. Yes. What will you guys listen to on the way to to fishing? Is it always a podcast? Generally, or Nick, Nick, just, Nick's, Nick's a music guy, or just a country music radio station. That's how weak okay. I am. And then as soon as it starts getting static, when you get in the mountains, I just hit that power off. <laughs> and then Rob starts meditating. He goes yeah. into the silence and depths uh, of his mind. No, I'm so lame. I have to. It has to be a podcast, so I have something going all the way to the lake. Oh, same here. Yeah, I used yeah. to have satellite radio, but that's kind of that's kind of old school. So not anymore. I still have it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, cause you're all the way, you're going across the country. I get that. It's, it's, it's cool though. I mean, you got, if you're into sports, yes, I really like it if you're into sports, cause you've got channels for every single sport, fantasy radio. Um, and it does have still a lot of music. It's, it's yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. Comedy yeah. channels good for about three hours and then you're done with hearing the same jokes. Yeah, I used to do that one a lot. Yeah. It's been yeah. a while for me on that one too, but yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. What do they call it? Raw dog was the, uh, there's a handful the of different ones. Is, and some of them are yeah. just terrible. They had a clean one and they had a dirty one. And Raw dog was the one with the real stuff on it. Yeah. Raw dog wasn't the clean one. That's crazy. I would have lost <laughs> yeah, that bet. Yeah. Uh, what's your go-to Nick? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm a music guy. You, you know, I, everything. I do. I'm, I'm kind of like a garbage can. I take it all and, and, you know, figure out what I like from it. Vinyl, you know, to match this hipster mustache, I've had a real resurgence of vinyl records. So if anyone's looking to waste money on things that are outdated and inept, check out the uh, local, uh, support your local vinyl record store. It's a cultural experience. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yes. gnarly. that's cool. You can't listen to that on the way to the lake because the yeah. technology, you know, I, I went there with my family uh, on Friday night trying to get a little space for my wife. And this is a tangent that will end shortly, but, uh, dude, I went and picked up some fresh, hot, delicious, expensive vinyl. And I have like a hipster setup where like everything is nice and it's sensitive. So you can't just go in there and be like a DJ and like scratch records if you don't want things to break. So I've just got this amazing setup going and I got this new record on and I'm taking a video for my friend. I'm going to text it to him. <laughs> a three-year-old comes into the video and I'm like, Max, don't do it. Don't do it. And then he just walks right over and then hand goes right on there and <laughs> on video. And then he looks at me and he smirks. Screwed it up. Dude. Did you oh, do damage just... to it? Ruined uh, it? Microscopic. He did damage to our relationship. I will say, okay. I think the record's <laughs> fine, but our relationship is damaged. I got it on video too. That little turd. Like I will punch you over the backyard fence, and I didn't, thankfully. So CPS hasn't come yet. But it's amazing anyways, how I violent do... three and four year old boys can be, dude. Oh man, and just like intolerant. They just look at you like, yeah, that's right. Probably Parker, his pants. The dog was yelping yesterday. Yelping. And I look over and Parker's got him held up by his tail, dude. <laughs> He's a little guy still. He's like eight pounds or something, the dog. But Parker's holding him up by his no. tail, dude. And the legs are flailing. And I'm like, Parker, let him go. And, he, uh, and he, he just drops him on his head. I'm like, oh, this poor dog, dude. <laughs> if we believe in reincarnation, that's what happens when you screw people and you have a fraudulent social media presence. You come back as that eight pound dog in a family full of four year old boys. 
Oh, it's Poor. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Poor little they're guy. They're tyrants. Well, uh, to talk a little bit about fishing uh, this week. We, <laughs> Great <we're here>. segue. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. From that to fishing, but that's what we do. Let's talk a little bit more. We talked about, you know, tempering your expectations for winter fishing. Um, and you could still, you could still go out and have a great day, but I think keeping some things in mind are, uh, are pretty critical when you're getting ready to go out on the water. And like the biggest thing with tempering expectations is, uh, knowing that the bite windows are going to be short. <laughs> a great interruption there. Uh, yep. yeah, now, yeah, you guys are, is that Cal for meat eater? Oh, it's totally Nick. Oh, that's hilarious, man. Uh, yep. I wear it. And we got a lot of cross listeners here. Now, pretty much everyone that listens to us listens to Mediator. Not everyone that listens to Mediator listens to <laughs> no, us. Lies. Unfortunately, like, yes. Lies. Not true. Yes. Ryan O'Callaghan is Nick right now, basically. Uh, I we think need Nick... to get us. No, you said that right. Sorry to interrupt you. That's exactly right. He is me. He's inspired yeah. by me. Uh-huh. Thank yeah. you. He's the sarcastic. What's hilarious is he is Nick on the podcast, too. Yes. Although he actually does a lot of research and come and brings like, you know, topics and articles. And <laughs> he'll give a good synopsis of things on the podcast, unlike you. So but, underrated. Uh, there's a lot of dude. That's, that's a, he's right. probably about dude, his age, too, right, Nick? Uh, dude, I'm 28. I think Ryan O'Connor's like You're 51. Rob? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt like that. So, dude, <laughs> we're going to get, we gotta get this one friends. back on the rails. All right, whatever valuable thing he adds, someone typed. Okay. Okay. The bite windows. Like, uh, Rob, do you agree that you've got bite windows during the day in the wintertime and and you need to take, if you're going to have a good day, you you better take advantage of those those windows when they're biting? Absolutely. You definitely bite windows. And the problem is, obviously, you don't know exactly what they are until you spend some time on the lake and and kind of know where you need to be at, at certain times of the day. Um, you know, I know you, you've kind of discovered that, that, uh, spoon bite is a later in the day type of deal. And, um, you know, obviously if you're, um, uh, I mean, we're fishermen, so we're going to start early, right. Just by, that's just what we do. Um, so you probably should have a plan early on, um, doing something else, maybe fishing shallow, maybe, you know, even, you know, 15 foot or less you could still fish a jig or something early and just, just different fish. You're going to chase early. Yeah, right. For so sure. More, more individual fish versus big schools. Cause they haven't, they haven't come Set to up. school yet. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's, a, you're right. I mean, it takes a little time on the lake. Like if I went to a lake that I've not been fishing recently, it would be difficult for me to dial that in the first day. Right. Yeah. But you do, if you, if you're a guy that's going to the same lake, you know, kind of over and over and through the winter time, you can pay attention to that. And, you know, uh, instead of being like, okay, well, I know they eat a, a jig good in the winter time. It's going to be a jig all day today. You're going to miss opportunity maybe to throw a crankbait, or you're going to miss an opportunity to throw a spinnerbait or a lipless or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah. And you're fishing for a totally different fish. You're fishing for not the same fish that's maybe just making a, a move through the day, but a, a different type of fish that's on a different type of uh, structure or something like that. So if you can do that, you go from maybe, maybe catching five a day to catching 10 or 12 a day because yeah. you were able to take advantage of both of those, uh, those windows. Right. And uh, early is like early is I used to, you know, I used to think that the winter time, 
it's it's not worth getting up early and going out there because the bite a lot of times is better in the afternoon. But really, one of the best windows is the first hour of the day. And I know we've talked yeah. about it on the podcast before, but it's even though it's cold and it's not like the the most pleasurable thing to be out there at first light, like you're a lot of times the most and biggest fish you catch, even in the wintertime, are at first light, right? Yeah. My dream day would be to have the first hour over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like a lot of clients would be like, man, we didn't catch them in that first hour. Is it really that important? And I'm like, it hundred percent it it is important if you land in the right spot. That's right? just it. Yep. 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 This yes. is where you cue the sentimental music where Nick's going to make his one comment about swim bait fishing, but there's nothing better was than it being... in the Marina at Canyon. <laughs> Have I told this story already? <laughs> yeah, was good. There's nothing better though. When your hands are cold, right. And your brain is still tired and the caffeine hasn't fired in and you catch a giant, right. When you're just like suffering True. some physical, you know, discomfort and you're just like you forget about all that then because it's so good right it doesn't exist right yeah and then you just feel like accomplished yeah like again like that's another thing that will be on my eulogy and it's just like so good well it's something that not everyone's doing right you're catching a fish in a time where most people aren't out on the water even counterintuitive yeah it's cool for sure there's there's been a lot of mornings where your hands are hurting and you're just looking (laughs) at the sun Please get over the mountain. Fourteen Please hand warmers tamed to your body. We need the sun. We need the sun. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a. I fish with gloves. Like it. A lot of guys uh, don't like to fish with gloves. It's not. A, I don't have a choice. My hands will go numb if I don't. So uh, I, I I use some type of some type of gloves normally. Um, but anyways. So yeah, to temper those expectations, your your baits are are the selections really narrowed down, right? Um. You know, a lot of times, and this is really general talking, like you could take, you could go out to the lake where shad are completely dominating the bite and go catch a bass on a jig and vice versa. You could go out somewhere where they're eating crawfish and catch one on a a swim bait. So this is just generalities, but I talked about it in my last fishing report I did on YouTube, like early winter, I'm really keyed in on shad stuff. And then when you hit rock bottom water temperatures and you move into mid to late winter i start mixing in like a lot of jigs and crawfish stuff too you know jigs crawfish colored crankbaits stuff like that and we're kind of like right on that edge where you can do both right now but the jigs are going to be making some appearances uh really soon because i even had a guy reply to me and and ask hey how come you don't talk about a jig in your fishing reports and i'm like oh i will it'll just be next month you could go catch a bass on it now i caught some a couple weeks ago on it at roosevelt um but it's just, I think prime time is, is coming up. Do you guys agree? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And what's funny is, I mean, we talk mainly about largemouth in our Arizona, in Arizona. Um, but the smallmouth kind of are a different little factor too. They can get the colder it gets, the shallower they get a sure. lot of times. I know um, early on in my fishing in Arizona, uh, you generally didn't catch smallmouth except in the winter, right? I mean, it was just, it was definitely, uh, um, that's when they got shallow. That's when they got active very seldom. I mean, how often have you caught one on a plastic? Um, <laughs> Never did. Not Arizona. at not at a lake Central like Roosevelt Arizona. or Apache or something like that. It just where, doesn't happen. Yeah. It's like when they're, it's in the winter on a reaction bait when they're shallow. Yeah. And it's, that's really kind of the only time they're accessible. Um, anywhere else in the country, even on the Colorado River, everywhere else, they're all eating drop shots and 
Carolina rigs and that type of stuff. And here they just, it's uh, more of a little crankbait, a little spinner, jerkbait, that type of stuff. They act so, so, yeah, they act real different. Everywhere you go, this it's funny how, and, and largemouth, I guess you could say the same thing, but um, you go to different lakes around the country and you've got that smallmouth, largemouth mix. And they the smallmouth, there's so much variation on, what their type of stuff they live on and how they behave yeah it's crazy yep. man like you know the a fish a smallmouth that you catch in tennessee is going to be so different than a smallmouth you catch up on a great lake and then it's going to be so different from a smallmouth in arizona and even our yep. lakes in arizona just the ones like you said on the colorado river compared to the smallmouth in roosevelt or apache when there was a lot of smallmouth in there totally different fish and, and completely yep and, and really roosevelt they're really unpredictable like like a lot of it's there's just such an awkward number of them i was talking to a, a guy the other day and i was like man I, it's just like an awkward amount of smallmouth in that lake to where they're just hard enough to go out and target you can go out and say i'm gonna go try to catch smallmouth today and maybe catch five yeah or maybe catch none and just catch largemouth anyways and that's a more cool than likely product. catch none yeah right? and, yeah. and you know, one day you'll just randomly catch three of them, you know, in, in a day of fishing, they're just hard enough to go target, but they're always a cool surprise. I mean, it's, I always uh, get excited when I have a small mouth on the line, just compared to a large mouth. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's unfortunate that our, that Apache Lake has kind of died out with the smallies. Cause that was kind of our go-to for central, central Arizona, at least, but you could go target them for sure. For sure. Yep. This yeah. time of year. Yeah, it's it's interesting just the different different types of structure, the different types of forage in a lake, and the smallmouth are they're just different than largemouth. You know, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. You can go to a lake like uh, Table Rock where you've got a really good mix of of smallmouth spots and largemouth, and uh, and they mix up together a lot. You know, you really really mix there. There's they if if there's one common theme, you know, smallmouth love like like uh, pea gravel gravel flat points uh reefs stuff like that and at table rock if you're going to target the smallmouth a lot of times just getting on the gravel is going to put you around more smallmouth than anything else but uh dude i remember a couple years ago fishing a tournament up there in may and it was the it was the one mlf tournament we did in the evening you guys remember that where we yep. started at like one o'clock and fished till dark yep um and that last hour of daylight, the topwater bite would would go off. And, uh, dude, you would be having spots and largemouth blow up on your bait and fight. And, you know, a lot of one to one to four pound fish, you know, but mainly mainly like two, two to two and a half pounders. And uh, the spots and largemouth would be cool. But when a smallmouth would eat your bait, dude, it was like, oh, my God. Did you, you knew see immediately, that huh? Oh, it, well. And you just thought you had a toad, dude. Yeah. It was like twice the fight of, of the other species. And you're really knowing it because you're catching tons of fish, right? So you're feeling what a two-pound spot feels like. You know what a two-pound largemouth feels like. And then you just get crushed. And you're like, dude, this is a big one. And you get it to the boat, and it's a smallie, and it's the same size as the others. It's a two-pounder. <laughs> but it was just twice the twice the craziness. God, they're cool fish. Yeah, they for sure. I didn't mean to real get us off on smallmouth, but yeah, they're pretty crazy. All I need to start doing is talking about smallmouth, and I get excited too. Get, now, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think you know as, as far as uh, those are most of my uh, 
most of my topics there. I was going to, um, we had a little, uh, we had some pizza with the neighbors the other night, a different set of neighbors from the one pizza party thing. So I was going to tell my pizza party story again, if we came short, but, uh, <laughs> we're here in an hour and, uh, right, let's uh, a good top podcast, three so. winter baits. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess this is going to prove how smart I am. I'm going to say football jig, a hundred percent going to go rattle trap. Which I mean, one, we don't dude. really throw here, but just kind of going universal, you know, winter United States. I'm guessing here. So football jig, rattle trap, spinner bait. I I need five. I mean, I, I need, need five yeah, too. If you're okay. gonna if you're gonna include a rattle trap and spinner bait, because I think my best would be a, a crank bait, something like bait, a yeah. uh, something like a Berkeley Fritz side or a deep diver like a dredger, a jig, and then a. Uh, Gosh, I mean, a jerk bait's right up there too. Yeah, spoon, jerk bait, spoon. spoon. Yeah, you don't need to worry about top waters. You know, you're not <laughs> throwing a swim jig, you're not throwing a big worm. A drop shot's going to work well, and a rig works really well. Now we're up to seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my top three happens to include seven, but that's okay. Yeah. No, well, it depends. Yeah, it depends on where you live. If you live on a clear body of water, you know, and the fish get deep, a spoon, a drop shot, a football jig, a jerk bait. If you fish in Oklahoma, you're throwing a spinner bait, you're throwing a jig, you're throwing a shallow crankbait. You know, those are kind of all you need in that dirty water a lot of times. So depends a lot on where you live. Word. Yeah. There is there's one thing I want to talk about a little bit, Josh, and get your take on it and just uh heck yeah. So Bassmaster opens next year to qualify for the elites. They're fishing nine events, right? Everybody knows that. They have 176 guys signed up to they fish do them all. to all nine. Wow. Think about how hard that's going to be for, I mean, there's guys that think they're going to get in there and breeze to the elites and it's, dude. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's going to be a tougher I think that's more than a lot of guys probably expected would do. That. It's way more than I expected. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like that's granted 76 of them are going to drop off, but you're still going to, I mean, guys are going to drop off. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts oh, about it's, it. Yeah, dude, that's a but, ton of tournaments to yeah, yeah. follow but, through if you have no chance. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I keep listening to like BTL and those guys and they're talking about it. It's, uh, I, I think, I think, I thought last year was super hard to make it to the elites. Um, and now, I mean, that'll be the easiest it'll ever be. Last year was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not that it was easy at all. Still no, hard, but, but yeah. that's the easiest it'll ever be yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's definitely gotten harder and harder and harder. And now with um, the, the qualifiers to go to the Bass Pro Tour, um, I mean, that's how many are they taking? Do you know? 10. So yeah, guys. you get 10 out of those invitationals. There's six invitationals in the top 10, uh, move on to the Bass Pro so, Tour. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I even want to use the word easier, but that's definitely probably a more obtainable Higher probability. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you got how many guys are making the elites? Is there 10 of them out of there? Nine of them out of, out of the top something like that out okay. of the yeah somewhere in that range i wish i knew exactly i know it's silly not to know that but um uh i don't know it's hard to finish in the top 10 in points dude it's just it's hard very hard yeah. especially in that situation with nine events and 250 boats roughly 225 boats per yeah. event on these lakes that are just going to get absolutely 
throttled. The cream's like, going to rise to the crop to, to it, the top. It always does. Time, it you know? always I mean, does. It's, but it's it, it, with that many events, it's just almost guaranteed to happen. No one can get lucky for nine tournaments, you right. know. Yeah. It, I just it, feel bad for the guys that do all nine and end up two guys out. Like that's rough. <laughs> it's a cool yeah. story. <laughs> Great story. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which oh, I, you can just turn it off if you're tired of my tangents, but talking about finishing right on the wrong side of it. There's an amazing movie on Netflix um, called Molly's game. Have either of you guys seen it? It's a, it's a, it's a true story. It's, it's a book of, it's a movie about a book, but this chick is an Olympic, um, uh, an Olympic caliber uh, skier of some sort where you go through like the moguls and then you do a giant jump and then you got to land and go through the moguls, whatever that's called. And so the first 10 minutes of this movie shows her whole career. And it's essentially what you just described there, Rob, of the guy who does all nine tournaments and finishes 12th. Like she's like right on the cusp of like qualifying for the Winter Olympics. She's right there. And mm. then she has this freak, ridiculous accident and like breaks every vertebrae in her back, comes back amazingly in life and has this crazy life. The movie's amazing. But it's like she goes like she describes how like they took a, a poll of like 100 people and said, what would be the like craziest story in sports? And there's like all these, you know, vanilla answers. And she's like, I would beg to say that it's the person who finishes fourth in Olympic trials because like the top three goes. Yeah. Talks about yep. like everything you go wow. through to be like, congratulations, you now have to fall back on whatever four year degree you picked in college because <laughs> you're no longer a semi professional athlete. And in Absolutely. sports like that, Olympics are like everything, right? Like, it's oh, like yeah, what you got. that's the yeah. pros. Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's just a few that make it. That's so tough. Yeah. And then the movie yeah. goes on that she throws these like crazy ass poker games in four season hotels for like high rollers and then gets nabbed by the FBI. So it's a great movie anyways, <laughs> but it was just like crazy. Like the first 10 minutes of that movie have you so floored. It's like this podcast, right? The first 10 minutes, you just know that like you're next talking. 63 yeah. minutes of pleasure you know it's just what it yeah, is there's a lot of there's a lot of pro anglers that are right on the cusp of being that tour level and just they, they just go never back make to it. yeah it's it's there's a lot of talent that never gets showing unfortunately but yeah all sports i'm sure you know but 100 yeah. yeah yeah at least there's uh yeah there's more than than three slots available you know in our <laughs> yeah. sport right yeah it's true right that's yeah. that's nuts. Well, it's called Molly's Game. What's it called? Molly's Game. It's Molly's on Netflix. Game. It's yeah, it's I'll definitely amazing. check it out. You'll, you'll, you won't be disappointed. Nice. Take my word. Well, yeah. Thanks for uh, bringing those things uh, to the table, guys. What? Uh, anything else before we wrap this up? No. Sweet. Consider it Saran wrapped up. Joel, what happened uh, there? You got all loud for a second. <laughs> that was because weird. the universe just wants me to be heard. <laughs> yeah. I, if, <laughs> Who knows what happened there? We're lucky. We're just lucky that um, we're Maybe able to lucky. all get on here and figure out how to record this thing and get it posted. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll call it good for now. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, we will be back at you guys really soon. Thanks. <laughs>